drinking there, buddy? Hello, Coca-Cola. I don't know if you heard of it. You actually drink that stuff? Um, I didn't for a number of years. And uh, I had to get off the diet stuff, man. I was worried I was going to get cancer or something. Okay, we might have to. You sure you're ready for this? I'm doing my best. Your best? Losers always whine about their best. Winners go home and f*** the prom queen. What? Read the comments. Are you serious? Hold on a second. All the things are playing down here. I'm playing stuff on my end. Whether you're hearing it or not, it's a different question. Apparently, it's not happening. So, hold on one second. Let's try this again. Can you hear me at least? I hear you. Can Trevor hear me? Yeah, not the board. No, I understand that the board is not getting... Okay, you can hear me, but not the board. Fan freaking tastic. Let's try this one more time. <clears throat> Hello, Mr. Board. Let's open. Uh... <clears throat> Hi, guys. We're on the air. It's cold. It's it's freezing out here. <laughs> we're, we're real dry. We're real cold, Jared. You know, I got the new computer. I'm surprised I'm not having more issues. Well, well a new computer should operate. Fu- you just mean like in terms of like tweaking No, I just it? never have the right programs on it. It takes right. me forever at yeah. first. I mean, I got Dota on it with like with the quickness, you know. But <laughs> I still don't understand that. I, I still now I'm starting playing like CS:GO now too. I don't know what that is. What is that? Counter Strike. Counter Strike. All right. How? All right. Let's let's do a little I'm test. I'm terrible at it. Let's do a little test. Eddie, what have you done for Nothing. me lately? Nothing. Really. Nothing. Nothing. All right. Well, then it's a Skype Nothing. issue, which would require me to restart Skype. So if you want me to restart Skype, I will do that. Otherwise, we have no. We'll have no sound effects today. No. Okay, we wasted too much time. This is going to be a very special edition. Of the well, here's the great show. part: you have a cold open already. All we have to do is pause and then just come in hot. Man, this is gonna be. Let's see how good of a professional you really are. Oh no! What, what, what are you wait, wait, wait. Pause. Oh, pause. Be like. Where you're gonna drop in the the, the 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 you can drop in the music later. Oh, I see. I see what you're saying. No, nah, you know what? Whatever. This is special. This is the way we do it for our people. Like if you, first of all, if you are smart enough to listen live, you get the real Jason and Jerry. <laughs> you don't get the not that, not that we're that different on the air. I'm just saying that I you know cuss more. Yeah. Well, there's there's definitely that. Um, I, I mean, I even know. It's amazing. I, this is probably the only hour of my week every week that I talk for an hour without ever cursing. I okay. Well, yeah, that's not true for me. Obviously, I talk a lot. It's part of my job. I'm very good about not cur- cursing around my kids, though. Surprisingly, you, you. I don't ever do that. You work in an environment. I heard you do it in the studio with him sitting behind you. Okay, I like rarely board, do that. Like right now, like the board's not working. I, you would I, normally be like cussing, and he'd be there. I rarely do that. <laughs> I rarely do, no. I really, I really rarely curse. Um, I, I throw it. I throw it into old school teacher mode. I don't know why. Like, like I get back into teacher mode from like when I taught for like a little while of my life. Like you just flip a switch, and all of a sudden, like you just don't cuss. I don't know what it what it is. I mean, I, obviously, I, I like I said, I have a lot of practice not cursing. I just uh, whatever. I do want to curse very badly today. Today is, this evening has blown up. And it's not just the tech issues we're having with the show. And it's, 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 it's every, and it's everything. And it feels, ah, oh, man, you, you don't understand. If I, if I, 
If I could, Jared, I would go way off right now. <laughs> on the universe, on the world right now. I think the world's. I don't know if the world's against you, but it just feels like it. But no, think of it this I, way. No. And that's the thing. Like, imagine, I'm, I'm, imagine how many tens of dollars you could get if you did an eBay shop of everything behind you. <laughs> you know what? There might be an everything must go sale one day. There might be. <laughs> you you have no idea. Did I get like at least one choice of one thing on the free it as might a be, homie? It might be sooner rather than later. I mean, if we're free forming this some right now. We might as well. I might as well just show. Uh, I mean. Like, like, Let's see, uh, from that from that collection behind you, um, I'll take the. Wait, did you start the Jurgen Klinsmann thing? There are a couple of things I can do. Hold on, hold on. There are a couple of ways I can go. I could go mystery box. I could put some stuff in a box Ooh. Ooh. and hold bidding on said box. Okay, including oh. like a lock of your hair, <laughs> DNA samples. Yeah, sure. Um, or, or. I could do it more like uh, like Prices Right or not Prices Right style, uh, like Wheel of Fortune. You know the version of Wheel of Fortune where the the winner would they would show off like the fake room, and the winner would have like like the the, the you know what I'm talking about. The no, I don't of, remember a version of Wheel of Fortune like that. You don't remember that? I think there were like there was like a daytime and an evening version of Wheel of Fortune for a long time. Was, was it not hosted by Pat Sajak? Oh, they were both hosted by Pat Sajak. There's only one real host of Wheel of Fortune. And oh, I don't remember there'd this. There'd be like um, it, it was like a room, like like they would have like this rotating, this big rotating thing, and huh. it would be like a living room or a bedroom. But this is what you're talking about. This is my my Jurgen. Yeah, the Jurgen Klinsmann action figure, still man. in the original Completely packaging, silky like white thighs. Yeah, not um, not the, be- the 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 packaging's not in the best shape, but it is in the original packaging, unopened. I mean, you know, this is this is forty year old virgin territory right here. This is pretty good. Yeah, I could use that BB gun practice. Sports stars with it comes complete with the Jurgen Klinsmann uh, card trading card right there. Uh, let's see. Uh, this is a list of the other cards that they did. This is from uh, where's the year on this? Uh, I think I looked this up one time. Maybe nineteen eighty. I'm gonna say nineteen eighty something. Late eighties, I think. Well, it's got the clubs he's played at on the front, and it looks like the Stuttgart. I see. Does it have Tottenham on there? That'll give you an idea of what age it is. Up at the top left. Oh floor. no, no, no! These are actually. This isn't the clubs he's played for. This is the clubs for whom they made cards or made guys, oh. made action figures. So you well, have Stuttgart's on there, though, huh? You have the German national team. You have Bayern Munich. You have Dortmund. You have uh, Werder Bremen. Uh, you have Hamburg. Uh, you do have Stuttgart as well, as you said. So uh, uh, Cologne is on the back here. So names like, oh man, these are going to be hard for me. Uh, names like Olaf Ton, uh, Hans Fluger, Flugler, Flugler. That's a great name. Uh, Hans Dorfner. Uh, let's see. Pierre Litbarski from Cologne, or Cologne, or however you say that. Uh, Michael Rumenega. Uh yeah, a bunch of guys. Anyway, there's uh. That's I like the, I like that someone doesn't realize it's a collectible and they just put a big five dollar sticker on the front. Yeah, of it. yeah, yeah. That that was yeah. I don't know. I don't, I looked them up. They're not worth worth more than that, really. Oddly enough, you would think that maybe. Well, did you know that? Uh, that I don't know if you heard, but it's been everywhere that the Orlando City game outdrew a number of Bundesliga games I, you know, this weekend. I, look, I saw on Twitter so many references to. Orlando City having the fifth highest attendance in the world this weekend for soccer matches. Yeah, and 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 that's that's look, it's a it's a great thing. Congratulations to the people of Orlando. Um, I'm sure the club, you know, the club should hype that up all over the place. I, and in fact, they're not doing their jobs if they're not. But isn't it kind of like, isn't it kind of cheap heat to be like, 
MLS had had a game with it. because they're not drawing sixty every yeah, match. I don't think that's cheap. It's it's factually accurate. Sure, but they're not getting sixty every time out. I mean, they're not saying that they're averaging it. They're saying of all the games attended this weekend, it was sixty. I mean, okay. that it's it's a true fact. Okay, but I, I don't think anyone's trying to play it into but, that they but, had the fifth highest attendance for the season or anything like no, that in I the know. world. I, I know. It's just like I, like I I think back to the days of you know the Rapids putting sixty five thousand people in Mile High Stadium because they had fireworks after yeah. the game. You know, like does that count? Are we talking? Are we really counting that? Like the Colorado Rapids are the fifth highest attendance this weekend. Oh yeah, but they had fireworks. That's why everybody came out. I think it's a, a, a nice step on the evolution of this league that you didn't have to have fireworks and you got 60,000 people. No, it's true. It's very true. And What's the gimmick? Is just because it's week one, is that the gimmick and why maybe it wouldn't count? They did have, they did open up the Citrus Bowl to larger capacity because of opening weekend. They're not, like I said, they're going to, they're not going to have a I think it's a shot across the bow of Seattle. Nah. Open up your stadium, see what you do. Well, for one thing, they're moving into a smaller joint next year. So they're trying to, to maintain a certain level no, isn't of. That, isn't that actually kind of like, it was like, woo. I mean, that's, maybe they can have, they'll probably just raise ticket prices. Because if the demand's enough that you could fill it plus, then they probably just well, raise ticket they prices. Well, they did, they look, they did, um, the, the team did decide at one point to change their plans and raise the capacity of the new place. So. You know the people of Orlando, the soccer fans of Orlando, have done around thirty. Uh, no, I think it went from twenty to twenty-five. I think they're up to twenty-five okay. now, which you know, or which is you know, they, I'm not sure what they averaged last season. They had to have averaged more than twenty-five last season. They had really good attendance. Oh last yeah, no, year. They, they, I think they averaged in the thirty range last year. I think so. I mean, and look, the the fans this week got a show with uh, opening day. Uh, because although their team was down to nothing headed into injury time, they actually managed to come back and score two goals. In like the ninety fourth minute, Jared seconds apart to get a draw out of that game. Yeah, I mean, it, it, RSL really let one go right there. I mean, this is a team that that really needed to start the season off right. They've had some some really really tough um cut, a t- tough season last year. It would have been nice to start hard on the road with a two zero victory on the road against a team that has a very nice home crowd, like we talked about, and then they just gave it away down the down the line. And that's really kind of scary if you're RSL that you're gonna start the season off that way. Um but credit to Kyle Laren. Uh, definitely it's looking like he's starting the two thousand sixteen the way he ended two thousand fifteen. And this is a game without Kaka as well. They have, I mean, I'm not sure if a lot of people realize that, but um it's it's a good performance for Orlando. It's it's a good uh, to see them fight for a victory at home, or excuse me, a, a draw at home. Um, but outside of that, not too much to say about that game. And I, I'm RSL would like to see them to close the deal, but they didn't. No, um, I, I think RSL is going to be a little bit better. I think they're going to be better than last year, and I think they're going to be better than maybe we expected them to be at least at the beginning of the season. You don't know how depth is going to hurt them. They still don't have. I mean, that was part of the problem yesterday was the, the lack of a center back, uh, like a center back who could handle that stuff. Thomas Nalave on his second tour in uh, Utah, aging rapidly, I think. And Aaron Mond just I don't think he's up to that standard. And they haven't been able to. They can't get Chris Schuler to sign a contract, and they can't find anybody else. And Chris Schuler always gets hurt anyway. Uh, by the way, attendance for last year for Orlando City, thirty-two thousand eight hundred. Okay. Uh, by the way, I would love to. I would love to open the phone lines. I'm very concerned that that sound's not going to go out to the world if I do that, though. We can test it uh, out live on the air. Yeah, we, we. Yeah, we'll take a call, and then if I don't hear them, then we know it's not working. Right. But three, uh, three four seven seven five six six two seven six is the phone number if you want to jump on uh, Soccer Morning. Test our phones for uh, Soccer Morning, best soccer show. This is what happens to me. I don't throw shit. Sorry. 
<laughs> I'm the guy that doesn't cuss. I know. I can't believe I just did that. All right. Uh, oh, man, you, I'm telling you. Uh, uh, the news I got 15 minutes before we came on the air has just thrown me sideways. Okay? So I'm trying. I feel you, dude. It, it rained here today, so oh. I feel you. Was that too rough? I Should I kick a homie when you I want to slap you so bad right now. <laughs> I'm trying to find what else I can throw at the camera. Um, all right, we uh, we'll, we'll take your phone calls if you want to jump on. If the phone lines are working down the line, if not, we continue on with MLS opening uh, weekend. Jared, ten games in in one day. Uh, too much? Too much soccer for one day? Um, I, it's hard for me to judge because I had a commitment midday that I couldn't get out of, so I actually uh, only got to see probably maybe four or five of the games. I didn't get to do the full stretch. Wow. Um, what? That's pretty good, right? No, no, no. That's, look, here's the thing. Full disclosure, better than I did. I watched uh, two or two and a half, three games, because it was uh, – I had a commitment, too. It was a birthday. I had to be there. And so. I'll be honest. Some of, some of them were, like, simultaneous. I'm going back and forth, so I'm okay, probably counting counts. things I shouldn't count. But I did do this, and I want to get this off my chest. I talked a little bit about Twitter. I bought the direct kick package, okay? I didn't do it last season because I'm still bitter about how I was promised a all-games-free online about two years ago, and it never <laughs> happened. So I was like, hell with this. I'm not giving my money last year. This year, I ponied up. I did a direct, pa- direct kick package so through my cable provider because I want to watch on a 62-inch screen, not a 5-inch screen on my phone. Okay? Right, right. I understand. Now, you know, there, are ways he- to, there are ways to get the stream on your TV. So it's the modern True. world. I, I don't currently have them, and, I, and if it's the same quality as on my monitor, it's not as good as the quality I get from, from my HD okay. like, files. Right. That, may, that may be true. And there's the lag factor, which I still ha- – having been, and by the way, I haven't, I haven't pulled the trigger on, on, on MLS Live yet this year. Um, just been busy with other stuff, haven't remembered to sign up, and, and you know, so I, I, I don't have but, – but the thing about MLS Live is while it's a great ser- streaming service – you absolutely deal with the fact that those games are a minute, minute and a half behind real time. Oh, and here's my other, here's my, here's my gripe. Here's my old man gripe. And this might be the Bernie Sanders like the year going around us. Maybe I'm, I want, I feel like I'm entitled to the things just in life. Um, I've kind of felt like if I buy a direct kick package, I should get MLS Live on the free. If I'm okay. going to buy a package, okay. why do I need to buy two eighty dollar packages? Just to do the same service on two different devices. I see what you're saying. Um, I invested. I put my money into the league. Why can't I have both platforms? Why do I have to pay $160 just so I can go in the other room in my house and watch another device or change devices? I mean, it feels odd that I have to do that. Like I, you, like you said, I could just put MS Live on my TV and it'd be on my TV. Yeah. But I also kind of feel like I should buy through the cable provider because it feels like it legitimizes the sport a little bit more by buying it through there. MLS would make more money if I did it through live, I'm sure, because I'm sure they have to give some kind of cut to the cable providers where it's pure going to MLS if I do MLS live. But I kind of feel like these should kind of go hand in hand. Am I, 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 yeah. I being too entitled? Um, I, no, no, I think, you're, I think you're probably right. I, I think you are probably right, and I think that that would um – that would open up some things for some. Now, 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 not every cable company provides direct kick, if I'm not mistaken, right? I don't know if they all do, but or even this. I would even settle for this. You bought a direct kick? Cool. Show us your bill or something like that. We'll give you almost live for 10 bucks. Okay. Like, like, yeah, like a heavy I mean, discount. Yeah. $160, two $80 packages for the same content. 
it just seems over the top to me. Uh, no, I, I, I think you're, I think, I think you're, you have a good, yeah, I think you have a, a decent case there. Sure. Yeah. So I got, I did the direct kick. I pulled the trigger. So we'll see how that goes this season. But I know there's going to be circumstances where every once in a while I want to watch on my phone or check in or something on my phone. And it's going to bother me that I didn't, I have to pay another $80 to, just to do that. But anyway, that's my old man rate, uh, ranch for the day. Okay. But in terms of MLS week one, fantastic week one. Comes out blazing. I can't tell you how many first weeks I remember with like limited goals, um, teams not going for it, just feeling out. This season hit the ground running, and I, I think it's probably we're just ripe for a letdown. Week two is probably going to be like twelve yeah. goals, of course, yeah. ten games. Yeah. But it was a fun, fun week one, and the quality of goal in week one very high. Yeah. Oh, oh my gosh. Uh, if I had my sound effects, which I can hear them, you can't hear that, can you? You're not hearing any of that, are you? Well, when you put out the podcast, it'll be the sound effects will be there, right? Yeah, actually, that's true. <laughs> I think. I think. Wait a second. Yes, in fact, that was silence for you. I was hearing the sound effect, and it is recording, so it will be on the podcast. Imagine that. Uh, just handed down a bunch of those. I mean, uh, Tommy Mack with that that curler against uh, against the fire to open things up for NYCFC. Diego Fagundes, Federico Iguain. I'm I'm missing probably two or three. Pretty damn good goals. That was the best three, probably. Um, I think um, uh, who was that up in Vancouver had a, a pretty good. Oh, no, I'm sorry, Montreal Piatti. Yeah, I uh, had pretty good as well. Yeah. But I, for me, the the, the class of, of them all was Fagundes. Uh, don't get me wrong, though. Tommy Max first to my heart. Yeah. Tommy Hart, Tommy Mack when he scores or does something good makes me feel better than any player in the league scoring. I don't know why. Really. Why? I just I get so happy when Tommy Mac does good things because I feel like my buddy who eats Doritos on the couch uh, <laughs> is playing in MLS. I think that maybe uh, call doesn't go through. I'm being told on Twitter. Okay, I, um, I don't know if that's true or not. I'll have to check. Uh, I, I think maybe it it's also about. Correct me if I'm wrong here, but Tommy Mac does not seem like top. I'm mean, and I'm not trying to hate on a dude. He does not seem like top level athlete stuff, right? Like he's not, he's not Christian. He, he looks like he's made. Of, he looks like he's made of like fluff, the marshmallow there's stuff you buy in a bottle. It's, it's something like that. There's, I mean, there's, there's obviously a little, um, a little eastbound and down to him. A little, uh, what's his name? You know what I'm talking about, right? Yeah, I know. Yeah, I, okay. I'm blanking on the guy's name right now, but yeah, that you know, guy. You no, know I'm talking about. There's, there's the, So it's like, and and th- this is the other thing is, we know what Tommy Mack can do. And this is not a league, in my personal opinion, that has always valued what Tommy Mack can do. This is a league that, that if you, if you look like Tommy Mack, if you play, if you, if you're gonna be on the field, you better be able to get stuck in. You better be physical. You better, you, you know what I'm saying? Like, you better have that edge because that's the, what this league Kenny values. Powers, by the way. There you go. Kenny Powers. So, it, it, yeah, it, and I think, like, Tommy Mack pulls things off culturally. It, it looks like culturally he's unable to. It's like I'm as shocked when I see the ball come off his foot like that right. as if I saw him in the Metropolitan Museum <laughs> of Art. Yes. And by the way, this is an Ivy League dude. <laughs> I <way>. know. <laughs> That's what's crazy about it, dude. He's like, like an Ivy League like mullet thing. Uh, mm. He's not even mullet anymore. Now it's just like dead grab avoid like knockoff. But yeah, right. Uh, it, it, he's just – I love watching that dude. I think you're right. It's kind of Kenny Powers-ish. It is like that. I, I kind of feel like he's a fish out of water, but somehow he grew lungs. 
I, I, I don't know how, yeah. how to say it, but I, I love watching the guy play. I love that he had a terrible injury and has come back from it. He just looks like a guy that has a good time. He's kind of Clint Mathis-ish like that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, there's definitely some Clint Mathis to him. I, I, I completely uh, I completely agree with that. Uh, a very uh, in every man type well, of player. About that beer, though, four goals in four goals, four three win. Do you give him credit for four goals and playing attractive soccer, or do you say, "Oh, you give up three goals to the fire"? Though, I think, oh, you gave up three goals to the fire. You're in, you, you know, you you got some defensive issues. They're, if they don't fix, and here's the thing, they fix that problem, they they end up opening up some other problem, right? Or they just stop scoring goals like that. And that, if they want to play four three all year, I would love it. It's probably not going to be best for their playoff hopes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, Mixed Disc Crew gets on the board with a very nice volley as well from a Tommy McNamara assist. You'd like to see – there's a lot of good things for Manchester City in, in, this, in this game for sure. Mixed Disc Crew gets off to a good start. That's a, one of the top priorities for both the U.S. national team and for New York, New York City FC this year is have that guy to have a better year than he had in 2015. Uh, but what I do have some issues with, I'm wondering about the center, the 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 back line of Ethan White, brilliant, uh, Jason for Hernandez and uh, Madrida. I mean, I, I'm I'm worried. Three goals given up against the fire. Um, in this game, you do have Pirlo playing. You have Discaru playing. McNamara, Villa. The only guy missing here is Lampard. Yeah. You know, so maybe they do play better. Maybe there's a better spine. Maybe they give up. A, they have a better defensive shape with Lampard in there. Last year doesn't suggest that, but. I'm willing to give this team an entirely new look in 2016. Okay. I mean, like I said, I think they're going to be an interesting watch, regardless of whether or not they're playing this super open, crazy attacking game, which not every team's going to give up three goals like the fire, or four goals like the fire. So that's the issue that they have, right? I mean, you go diving into the good teams in the Eastern Conference, play any of those Western Conference teams, you're going to have a real problem. I, I don't, I mean, even TFC is going to be better than what the fire were uh, on Sunday. So we'll, we'll see what, what NYCFC does to adjust. But, By the but, way, our boy Mikey Lopez gets 21 minutes in that game. Uh, for Chicago? Is that where he is now? No, for New, 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 New York. Oh, Mikey Lopez is it in New York now? Did I not know? Yeah, yeah, he, he moved in the offseason, yeah. Well, I know he got, rele- he got cut by sporting, right? Like his contract was up and they let him go. I believe he was cut by them. I don't think it was a trade. Oh, no, I don't think so either. Um, all right, we'll, we'll, we'll go. Let's bounce around the league here. Uh, just take a look. We don't have to dive into every game, although none of these games uh, require us to avoid them because there's a goal, at least a goal in every single one of them. In fact, yes, the, the best soccer show rule does not apply to this weekend. I think there was only there were only two one nothing games, so everybody every game had more than. And, and as you yes, said, who's in one of them? Uh, San Jose and Colorado. <laughs> Um, 36 goals, 10 games, 3.6 goals a game, obviously a really good return. As you said, we're probably setting up for a letdown, but I do think that there's a, pre- a preponderance of attacking talent in this league that we have never seen before. And, and I think it's also about guys who have settled in and are comfortable and know the league better. I mean, Jared, think, think about the tens that we have roaming MLS these days. Lee Wynn, yeah. Benny Failhaber, uh, you want to put mixed discrude on that fine or, or Pirlo? I mean, not a ten, but he's. You want to put Giovinco in there? Uh, well, I mean, certainly attacking player. Not really, huh? Of, of, Moro of, Diaz. Of, yeah, Moro Diaz, uh, Pedro Morales, um, Javier Morales. You throw Felipe in there, maybe. No, I'm not throwing Felipe in there, but th- there's other yeah, players. They're attacking midfielder. Okay, but that team cre- creates goals in other ways. They don't have a ten necessarily, but they create yeah. goals in other ways. Um, 
you know, even there, even if you want to go beyond that position and just talk about the the attacking talent. That I mean, there, we have players like Burrito Martinez. Do you see what Burrito Martinez? I know we've already moved on from that game, but did you see what he did to some people in that game in Orlando? He broke some people. Like they may not be. They, I, I did not see. That's one of the. That's one of the games I did not get to catch this weekend. Just the highlights. Okay. I did not see him break any legs. But any guy that's a name Burrito that breaks a leg, I'm down for. Okay. There you go. Um. So so and and teams that were previously sort of stuck in the mud, uh, defensively minded counterattacking teams have opened things up a bit more. That game down in, in Houston is definitely one of interest. 3-3 three, three between the Revolution and the Dynamo. That, that, one, that one's interesting to me. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm not sure what to make it. First of all, I try not to watch Houston games if I don't have to because just it, classically I but, haven't but, been entertained by them. That's not who they are now. I'm telling you. That's not know, who they are. I know the, the, the days of... Uh, of Brad Davis on the wing, and uh, and it's still got Will Bruin, who I'm not really a fan of watching most of the time. Two assists in this game, though. Give credit where credit's due. Um, Giles Barnes, I like watching. Giles Barnes makes me want to kind of tune in a little bit. But outside of that, I, I'm not too stoked for him. Who am I supposed to get excited about? The the, the Philly the cast-offs of, of, Wang, of Wenger and no, but, uh, Maidana? But, hey, Maidana was legit last year for Philadelphia. Was top, was top, ten, uh, top five in the league in assists. They they've got Giles Barnes is a good player. He's fun to watch. You got Boniac Garcia still. I mean, he's got something left he's in the tank. The, the bench. I don't know if because it was an injury or if that's where he's going to be. Eric Torres, Cuba Torres, just sitting on the bench. I know that guy has fallen off a cliff. You know, he's scoring goals for Chivas in Mexico. Gets a uh, catches the charge. Catches on. the charge. Hold on, hold on, hold on. First of all, let me. Let, I'm gonna take issue with a couple of things. Not scoring okay. goals with Guadalajara. Not doing much. Not. Are you doing? Um, eh, yeah, but he was playing like in Mexican Cup games. That's not. That's not really the high level. That's not a lot of time down there. Yeah, but he didn't really do much. And then he comes back, signs with the with Houston. They spend the money on him, DP salary. And as you said, he had and he had issues. He may, may or may not have done things. I don't want to. You know, I don't. We we don't know. We don't know what happened. Regardless, it's done, right? They, oh, they, they didn't stab a princess. No, or a princess stab him. <laughs> a, a beauty queen? No, a beauty queen did not stab him. Uh, so, but as you said, he he obviously had something happen in Mexico that has affected him because if Kubo a Torres, a ton of talent with Bunyak Garcia and Eric and Kubo Torres on there. If, if Kubo Torres was half of what he was at Chivas USA, he would be getting time with the Dynamo. And for whatever I, reason, I'd watch. I'd watch if Kubo Torres was that player. I'd watch Houston. As it stands, I, if I was watching this game, I'd be watching for New England because I was more interested to see what's this team look like with Jermaine Jones. And I think they did lose a little bit of bite, give up three goals. You know, I'm not saying that would have been entirely different. Jermaine Jones is there, but I think they're better defensively with him. Gershon Kofi, I think, had a decent game. Uh, Diego Fagundes is going to have to really have a kind of a season like he had on this weekend. This is his year to shine. He needs to start making that transition of the guy of potential and being the guy that week in, week out is that guy that can carry the team. It can't be all Lee win. I mean, and listen, a goal, two assists, Diego Fagundes showed up week one. He's always been kind of streaky. Let's hope this puts him on it. But I'm really interested to see that a couple of games when he comes up against adversity, how is he going to respond? Because this is a team that has the, the, the identity of having huge slumps. Yeah, during some time in the they season. Do. They do. And Jermaine Jones has already been there to always been there to catch him and bring him back up. This year they're not going to have that. So you got to decide who's going to be the leader on this team in that absence. And I don't know right now who that leader is going to be. Well, what do you make of the fact that they lined up Kofi next to Kellen Rowe? 
<clears throat> they let Andy Dorman go. So, I mean, there's got to be someone's got to start taking that, they that, got that role. Well. They have Caldwell. They have Caldwell. So they went with, instead of a double pivot, two holding midfielders, they went with Kellen Rowe, obviously in a bid to get more of a connection between their back line. Yeah, and, the question is, how do you get Teal Bunbury on the field? How do you get Diego Fagundes on the field? How do you get Lee Wynn and Kellen Rowe on the field? Yeah. One of them's going to have to pick up defensive responsibilities. Out of that, I think Kellen Rowe is the closest to be able to play a two-way position out of everyone we just mentioned. You're not expecting Teal Bunbury to defend. You don't want... Uh, Lee Wynn defending, if you can help it. I think Kellen Rose naturally got to take a box-to-box. He shouldn't be playing an eight, though. I mean, I mean, shouldn't be playing a no, six, but no. I think he can start playing a box-to-box role. If I remember correctly, I think he played a little bit of that when he was at UCLA. I think he's capable. I think he could be Will, tra- Will Trap-ish, except well, I'm talking about in terms of passing and distribution. Right, right. I think he can take that on. Um and if you put Caldwell in there, you're going two really defensive-minded midfielders no, in the center. I, I know, but that's been, again, and this, we know what kind of attacking ability the Revolution have. Um, it's just that traditionally within this league, and Jay Heaps, you know, he, he played in a, in a league that was, let's put in two holding mids. Let's play defensive-minded soccer. Let's, per, let's create a platform and then, well, you know, how it would direct and, and, and use speed and use our wings to create... To, to create crosses, that was the way that you played because that was the way that MLS operated. Now maybe we're seeing a little less direct, and you put a player like Kellen Rowe, that's a, that's a ballsy move from Jay Heaps. I mean, whether or not he's played an eight before in college, it's a ballsy move to move a kid who was really, um, you know, a, a wing player slash, you know, inside-out sort of winger in this league into, a, into not a defensive-minded position, but into a, a holding position. But I think he can play a linking position. I think he can be that link in the midfield. I think his ball skills are good. His first touch is really good. In traffic, he's good. I think this is a conversion that could work. He might have some growing pains initially, but let's be honest. One of these guys is going to sit otherwise because if you can't, if he can't play this role, Scott Caldwell has to find his way into this lineup because one of these guys is going to have to sit. I think Jay Heaps is right to say I've got four to five premier talents in MLS I got to find a way to get him on the field because Kobayashi's sitting on the bench too. I don't think he's a ninety-minute player, but for twenty-minute stretches, that's a fantastic offensive sub for you as well. So they got a lot of talent, and let's not forget Juan Agudelo sitting on the bench. This is a lineup that doesn't even have Juan Agudelo in it. I know, I know. All right, they, they've got almost have an issue of too many options. I think Jay Heath could go crazy trying to figure out well, how to get they, them all on they, the field. There's a lot of there's there's several. Some, suddenly there's several teams, and I know depth is still an issue for a lot of MLS clubs particularly when we talk about international competition like the Champions League. But there's still, I mean, there's suddenly teams with a lot of selection issues that, that, you know, you suddenly you can't get everybody on the field that you want to get. New England has it. NYCFC has it, even though that's more about formation and most effective style of play than anything else. I think LA, LA actually has it too. LA has it too, whether it's the legit Boateng situation, several other, I think there's other positions. Mike McGee. Mike McGee. He's not a starter. Yeah, let's, let's talk a little bit about your boys. Um, so the first half was... Dog doo doo throw up on top of dog doo doo bad for them. They give up yeah, a not goal. Fun. They not give, fun. They give up a goal to Lamar Nagel in the first five minutes, and that ref, that showed the sort of the limitations of maybe what they've got back in the at the center back position right now. Because I don't think that they those guys responded. Well, I know Van Dam didn't play. Uh, no, that's unfair. That's unfair because Steven Gerrard makes a stupid play without checking over his shoulder. 
gives up the ball, and then A.J. De La Garza actually makes a defensive stop. The rebound off of it just happens to go okay. to Lamar Nagel. Okay. Okay, so right. I, 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 I'm not going to blame the center back. You can absolutely blame Steven Gerrard for not having the presence to know there's a guy on his shoulder and makes a terrible play. Then I think Steris had a good game, despite the, even the, without the goal. I think he had a strong game in the air. Um, I think the entire team got better on as it went. This is not the center back combo that Bruce Arena wanted to start in game one. It was going to be A.J. De La Garza and uh, Van Damme. Dang, I'm going to say Van Damme. Yeah, you are going to say Van Damme. Say Van Damme. You, you're the one that changed Van it. Is Van, is Van Yeah, I know. Damn it, you know, I got to stick to my guns on this. Um, but that's the center back tandem that he wanted. Maybe even Leonardo and, and Van Damme. But I, this, I think for what they had, they played a pretty good game in the back. But you're right. First half was Gross. Gross. But – and that was the fifth straight half in a row without scoreless soccer the Galaxy had played so far this season. Five, with three of them being at home. That is shocking if you're LA Galaxy fan. Well, and then but, what happened, though? What what happened? Uh, I, I, I want to say chemistry, but I don't know for sure. Okay. Okay. Well, look, uh, you know, the, 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 the key event that people are focusing on, Jared, is the substitution of one Giovanni Dos Santos. Now – I'm being told he had a thigh thing. I actually didn't catch that on the broadcast, but whatever. Uh, maybe an injury, but regardless, he's he's taken out of the lineup, and Bruce points in the direction of of Michael. I wish you knew his middle name, McGee, because they do that on the bro- on the Spanish broadcast all the time. And he makes an immediate difference. I mean, it's the guy scores twice and sets up a penalty or, and earns a penalty. I mean, he was and assisted on the other one. He and hit he assisted on all four parts of the goal and, and all four oh, goals. And I didn't even hear. I'm going to do this one that you can't hear. I give Mike McGee an old baby for the chip because I think it deserves it. So what is what is happening here? And 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 further, and I know it's one game, but he didn't exactly show up well last year either. Is this team better off without Giovanni Dos Santos in the lineup? And what does that potentially mean for Giovanni Dos Santos and their, his relationship with the LA Galaxy? It's tough. It doesn't seem like they know how to play with him. They don't know, seem to know how to get him in the game, or he doesn't know how to get himself in the game. <clears throat> Last year we saw it as striker. I think he, and when he entered the season, the entire team <clears throat> played well. And even Giovanni Dos Santos, down the stretch, it seemed like teams somehow were able to take him out of it. I don't know if it's... I don't know what they were doing. They weren't sending double teams at him, but he always seemed like he was isolated really far out if he was getting the ball. This season so far, it just looks like he doesn't have the, the players to combine with. And I don't know if it's Gerard and, and, and DeJong that are playing too far back and that linking player in the center isn't close enough to him to play something off of. But he and Robbie Keane don't seem to have that understanding either. Where you see Mike McGee and Keane, it's just like they fell back in a rhythm. I mean, they, Keen knew where to find him. McGee knew where to find Keen. And there's something to be said for just longevity and hours played together. And Giovanni DeSantis doesn't have that, but he's got to find it. And this is a team culture. To, if you look at this roster, this is a team that has so many touches on the ball at so many different levels. It shouldn't be this hard to throw them on a field and find chemistry. And they found it in the second half. And what's interesting is that uh, the entire team got better in the second half. It wasn't just the offense. Ashley Cole had a fantastic second half. I mean, I was really worried. He was kind of getting blown by a little bit in the first half. Yeah. The second half, he really played well. And that makes sense. That's hard for me to say because I did not like that signing. But credit where credit's due. He had a good second half. Um, I'm more worried about Robbie Rogers and his choices going forward. I think he loses the ball a little bit too much when he's been going forward on the right. But it's it's interesting. They got 4-1. 
you get the feeling that all they needed was that first goal for the for the gates to open up. The question just is, and you said it, do those gates open up in the future with Jovan Dos Santos as a focal point or Mike McGee as a focal point? Because it's hard to yeah. go away from the guy that got you there. Yeah, this is where, this is actually pretty interesting from Holden on Twitter. And poison, 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 poison. You can't hear it, but I just played the poison drop. So, Jared, do you want Juan Agadello or Mike McGee on the bench of your team? Mike McGee. It's not even a question. And here's why. The guy has consistently been a clutch performer his entire career. He's always been the guy that gets you that big goal, that big stop, that big pass. He knows how to play in big situations. Juan Agudelo is probably a more creative player, but Mike McGee gets the job done. Yeah. Playoffs? I mean, outside of Landon Donovan, he's probably one of the top playoff performers yeah. that I can remember, impact players. And whether he's coming off the bench or, or even if he's starting, I actually kind of don't want him to start just because of all the issues he's had with injuries over the last two years. Savor this. Put it in your back pocket. Realize it's a 33-game season, and you want Mike McGee for 30 minutes a game, 20 minutes a game for 33 games, and not 90 minutes for four. I mean, it's not like he's ancient, but at 31, and as you said, with some of his injury history, that stuff is just going to be – it's going to continue to be an issue. He's he's not going to be a a week-in, week-out kind of player. And you don't want it to be. That's not why you signed him. You didn't bring him back as a free agent – after sort of the, the, the thing unraveling in Chicago because you're going to plug him into the starting lineup. If the LA Galaxy are turning to Mike McGee to be a starter, that means that something else has failed. Well, okay, maybe something else has failed. Maybe Gio has failed. But you didn't sign Mike McGee on the premise he was going to lead your team in goals. But if he can get something out of him, great. Great. I mean, <clears throat> yeah, he is right now. <laughs> yeah, well, obviously, uh, just very early in the season. All right, so that's L.A. with their 4-1 win over, over D.C. United. Uh, Jared, what else sticks out to you? I mean, we, we, we've touched on... The, the Toronto-New York one. That's okay. the one that I was really keen to watch. I actually got to see a good portion of that one. Uh, <clears throat> and I, I think this is a statement game for Toronto. Um, they go into Red Bull's house, get the 2-0 result without Josie Altidore, with a lot of new components to the team. And I thought the new components actually looked pretty good for Toronto. And I think this is a it, it's a, a six-point swing, first game of the season. Because you expect these two teams to be there down the stretch on the last uh, last days of the season when the supporter shields on the line, Eastern Conference first place is up for, on the line. And I said it, I took Toronto to win uh, the entire East. I think they win the East this year, and I think they have the right components to finally compete at a consistent rate. The only problem is, what do they do through the summer when a lot of their star players well, are going to be gone? It's not. There's okay. You, you say that if you look, if you actually look at the schedule, it it's not as large as an impact of an impact as you might think. Now, obviously, Javinko, if he's gone for the entirety of the Euros, like let's say Italy goes deep, then yeah, that's yeah. that's a problem. Um, they're going to need Josie outdoor healthy. During the time that that, Giovin- that Jovinko is with Italy during the knockout stages of the Euros, because, and I'm not I'm not wishing for this, but you would assume that the United States is probably done with Copa America by that point, right? I think the overlap is two weeks. I would hope, yeah, I'd not hope so, but I I would I would guess so. I don't know if they're even getting out of the group to be honest with you. Oh, well, well, that's not cool. I'm gonna drop this in. Can't hear it. It may not be cool. Jay Rodius. Jay Rodius. Um. All right. So. Hey, can we talk about the Will Johnson-Michael Bradley combo a little bit? I'm not sure if you got to see much of this game. I was really surprised to see Michael Bradley take the back defensive seat to Will Johnson. 
you know, I, I really thought that was going to go the other way when well, in, in well, the preseason. Well, I, I think that what, and I saw some stats here. I'm not sure where they were from Paul Carr or who they were from on Twitter. But I saw some stats that talked about how much, how deep he was and how deep he was playing and picking up the ball. So 70% of his touches came in the defensive half. Um, versus, or maybe first touches versus the, 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 the attacking half. And that was sort of flip flop from last year. And, and, and yes, again, one game, small sample size, but he actually created more chances. Yeah. In this game, sort of than his average of last year. So we'll, over time, we'll see if this develops. But haven't we always said, I, I, I sort of view Michael Bradley as a spot up shooter, right? He has a range. He's good from 15 to 20 feet. But if you and I'm, I'm, I'm talking basketball here, obviously an analogy. But he's good from a certain range. You take him inside that range, and now he's his arms get short, and he can't put the ball, he can't get the right weight on the ball, and he's not making a shot. In with the bigs amongst the trees, it's something like that. I mean, I, I don't think that I don't think that that combination play is Michael Bradley's strength. He's capable of it. It's not his strength. I think Michael Bradley's strength is pulling strings forty yards from goal. That's what I think his yeah. strength is. And there's, like, there's just a few segments you watch the highlights where he he launched very good counterattacks. And I think by having Will Johnson forward, he has probably one of the best midfielders to combine with in terms of just one, two touching, out of traffic. Both those guys good under pressure, good in the passing lanes. I think he's going to get a lot more passes per game. Because he and Will Johnson are going to be playing a lot of little tiki-taka kind of stuff in the midfield. Very similar to kind of how Kyle Beckerman would rack up touches when he would play um, with uh, Morales. Um, where Beckerman's touches weren't always offensive, but he got a ton of them. Because they would just wait out and wait for the right play. I think Toronto now has that luxury to wait. You know, wait and find Giovinco in the right spot. Wait and find Osario uh, making that run on the outside. You know, I think you're going to see a much more patient and mature Toronto team this season. Okay, um, I, I, I you you hope so for their chances. I mean, if we're going to see Toronto make any noise in in 2016, Jared, they're going to have to they're they have to play as you said, mature. So they're going to play. Great, look, they they have attacking, they have good attacking players. Uh, I, I was happy to see Marco Delgado get that goal. Uh, obviously, Jenko's going to be unstoppable at various times. Michael Bradley, if he finds his groove, can be the best eleven quality. But they're going to have to play games where they're not very good, where Javinko's off and not helping them attacking wise, or somebody, uh, some team decides to start, come in and, and kick Javinko around the uh, Javinko around the field, and they're going to have to win one nothing, two one, playing ugly soccer. And and, and and this is a team that let go of Hercules Gomez. Yeah, you know, so you don't have that go-to guy off your bench now. Maybe it's Marco Delgado. He maybe becomes that. You have Mo Babuli. I don't know anything about him. You know, but. Hercules Gomez, granted, he probably cost too much, and that's probably where the issue was here. It's not that you couldn't find value, um, but they're thin in terms of guys off the bench. Now, granted, they don't have to run a 4-3-3 every game, and they could have some strikers on the bench they could bring in. Um, Lovitz, Endo, they have guys that started this game that probably won't be starters in the future when Josie Altura gets back. But still, in terms of those guys off the bench or Hercules Gomez off the bench— Herc at least brings some swagger, and you have to pay attention to him a little bit when he comes on. Yeah. They lose a little bit there, but I think it's smart. I'd re- if I'm Toronto's GM, I'd rather have Drew Moore, Justin Morrow, Steve Bettishauer, and Will Johnson if it means letting go of Hercules Gomez. Okay. All right, so there you go, Toronto FC with a big win. on the road. I mean, did, did this say anything to you about the Red Bulls? Are you, should you, do you think, again, one game, but jump to a conclusion. Should be worried about the Red Bulls right now. 
No, I, I think they need some more time. And it, it, what I will say is that they almost started the exact same starting lineup they did last season. Very few changes here outside of uh, the goalkeeper and one center back, I believe. Uh, the, their offensive core, not a change. And still zero goals at home against Toronto. I think that I'm not sure yeah, how much but, credit but to give to Toronto's revamped defense. Yeah. And and spine versus New York just having a bad night. Okay. Too early. Okay. Well, I'm just just, just to kind of to, you know just to say that that New York New York missed some chances. Right. Then they created uh, some some they they had plenty of shots. It wasn't about that necessarily. They had more of the ball than yeah, but only one on target. No, I I realize that, but I'm just saying like. You can have those off days and nine shots go off target, but the and by the way, sixty three percent, sixty three percent of the percentage uh, possession. Uh, I see, I see seventy two percent here, but oh, that's practicing accuracy. You're right. Okay, so the possession was uh, was fifty. What fifty? No, sixty three thirty seven. Sixty three thirty seven. They killed him. Yeah, they're pretty pretty ridiculous uh, a margin. So obviously, Toronto that's not necessarily a team that's going to play by uh, win by playing uh, with the ball at their feet. All right, so uh, let's see. But bouncing around the league a little bit more. Uh, opening well, let's day. Let's talk about the other Eastern Conference threat, threat, and that's Columbus Crew. I think that was your pick to win the East, correct? Yes. Yeah. Still is. Look, look. I think it looked really good, uh, even despite the loss to Portland. Uh, I think they they looked good. Uh, I thought Justin Miram looked way off the pace when he got in that game, though. Yeah, I, he, he did not look good. That's shocking because I'm a Miram fanboy. I, I like Justin well, Miram's game. You think so, you think maybe international duty has thrown him out of whack a little bit? I mean, you know, good for him to play for Iraq, but uh, is that something that's going to be is going to damage? It's his, a lot of travel. Yeah, it's it's a it's a ton of travel. Uh, it's it's more travel than uh, than any European based players have to make. Uh, certainly, European based players even. Uh, coming back to the U.S. to play games for for the U.S. national team, he's got to go all the way to to Asia. I mean, I don't I don't know. Just you wonder if that could be a a factor. But I, I, I mean, I thought the midfield of Columbus looked really good and really fluid. I think they for some reason struggled to find Kai Kamara in good spots, and probably credit to Nat Borchers and Liam Ridgewell in that regard. Um, I, and to credit to Diego Chara, who had a fantastic game. Yeah, fantastic game. So you're going to struggle to find that pocket that Kai Kamara likes to to find in between that the, the the center midfielder and the center backs where he likes to get that first ball. He gets that first ball, distributes, and he makes that run to the six and usually gets on the end of the cross for a finish. He was in amongst the trees for sure because he had two fantastic headers of the ball, Nat Borchers and Liam Ridgewell. they very tough matchup for him in the air. And I think that Columbus struggled to get a lot of really good service to Kai Kamara. I think they had some really good passing structures. I think, um, obviously, this is one of the best games I've seen from Iguain in quite some time. Um, Ethan Finley, I thought, looked good, but he disappeared down the stretch. Shocked, not shocked, but surprised to see Hector Menes start. start. Um, but that's probably based on Justin Miram not being ready to go. That's probably Miram's spot in the near future. It, it just interesting game. I like Columbus still. I think they played a pretty good game despite the loss. Mm-hmm. Still, I think they may. I picked Toronto, you know, I, I, out of the East, but I think Columbus is going to give them a good run for their money. Okay, I mean, look, it's a long season. It's going to be tight. I think that the margins and you know for the for the first place in these conferences is going to be one or two points, or maybe even a tiebreaker here and there. I mean, again, we saw the, the supporters show come down to a tiebreaker last year. And speaking of that, let's let's talk FC Dallas briefly because. They get a 2 nothing win over Philadelphia. No surprise there. Philly's not supposed to be good yet, although, you know, give Ernie Stewart some time. 
Uh, FC Dallas did exactly what you would expect. A, an early goal from Fabian Castillo. Exa- I mean, that, that is the prototypical FC Dallas goal. Moro Diaz pulling the string on a diagonal yeah. run from Fabian Castillo uses his Great speed. Great ball by Moro Diaz. Per- there. Perfect. Perfectly weighted pass. Perfectly timed. That, they, those guys are in sync. Um, and they are going to be a force in the West. And I, I had a chance to talk to Oscar Pereira today, Jared, for Sirius XM. I, I mean, you know, I, I'm impressed with the guy. I'm impressed with the guy's commitment. You know, maybe it is lip service a little bit, but you look at the lineup that they put out in that game. There were the only people, the only players over 25 years of age were their fullbacks. Both of their fullbacks are over 30. That's it. Everybody that else is under 25. That is absolutely nuts. And they don't look at all off the pace. They don't look at all overwhelmed by the scenario. And but there's a big thing, big test coming up. Abductor strain from Fabio Castillo. They're saying that he's going to be okay. Carted off is never a good look. So I mean, stretchered off is never a good look. So um, impressed that they finished the game though. Uh, uh, he goes out of the game in what the? Oh wait. It, it shows he played ninety minutes. He didn't yeah. play ninety minutes. No, 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 it was late. It was it was it was actually I think in the added time that he actually went off. Yeah. Was it that late? Yeah. For some reason, I was thinking it was earlier than that. So either way, they get the result. One really good positive thing for SC Dallas, they get rid of Blas Perez in the offseason, bring in uh, Maximiliano Oruti, and he gets a goal in the first game out. You'd love to see that from for Dallas. Get your new striker off on the off early. I like Oruti. I think he's going to be good for the system. He likes to run. He likes to be active. He makes intelligent runs. Um, I think for some reason he didn't always gel too well with Portland, but I still think there's enough quality well, there I, that he's not a back to goal guy. This is this is not false nine. He's not going to drop deep, but he's he's definitely he's definitely playing. You know, he's not playing a target forward position for this team. They don't need a target forward. Yeah, a huge difference from what Brass Perez brought brought to the team. Yes, absolutely. I, I think he's going to be a great fit too. Um, I don't think they. I don't think using Bosper is that big of a deal in terms of size because you still have Tesho Akindale off the bench. While he doesn't necessarily play a big man's game, he is a big body that you can throw in there and win some head balls down the stretch. You, but they can, they really do go small. You can but play, Dallas goes extremely small. If you need a target forward at a pinch, you can play a Tiba Harris up there. He's been there before. Oh, yeah, I mean for Dallas. <laughs> yeah, he's been there for Dallas. Now he's playing right back these days. I mean, I actually look. Tiba Harris is. The replacement level player in MLS, you know what I mean? Like he's just the he's just a guy, and he's been around for yeah. for for I don't know. He's the John he's the John Sally of MLS. Yeah, yeah. He's a, he's a, but he's he's a decent player who will always have a job, but does not stand out. And yet here's a guy who's continually remade himself to whatever he needs to be to keep his job. Thirty one years of age. Uh, he's been his I don't know eighth ninth year in MLS. He's played for. Real Salt Lake, Chivas, FC Dallas in, in one stint, Vancouver, Colorado, San Jose, and now he's back with FC Dallas again. Give the man some credit. Good, good on him, dude. Yeah, good on really, him. Yeah. Go. I would be interested to see if FC Dallas is the shortest team in the league. They got to be. Ah, that's interesting. I hadn't considered that. Uh, a Rudy six foot. I think they're probably the youngest and the and the, and the smallest. Yeah, I mean Barrios is five four. Acosta uh, Acosta's five ten. Actually, a pretty good size for his position. What's Mark is? Uh, Mordias is five seven listed. Uh, Minor Figueroa is five eleven on the left hand side. He, he started at left back. They're gonna. They may have some other players come to that position. Steals only five eight. Yeah, their their center backs are six three and six four respectively. That's what you would expect. Uh, Jesse Gonzalez is six four. So those, that trio. That's that's about where I mean that's where the modern game is. So if you don't have six four center backs, Ulo is usually going to be in there. Victor Ulo is going to run in. Uh, 
He's running a, a hot 5'11". Hot I did not. Okay, they're bigger than I thought. Yeah. I didn't think that Ulo was even that close to that big. Tesho Akindeli, 6'1". I mean, you just mentioned him. Moro uh, Rosales is 5'8". That doesn't count. Zach Lloyd, who yeah, did I, not start. Zach Lloyd's 5'10". What, what's Moro Rosales' hair should drag on the ground. That's how short he is, and his hair so long. What is Zach Lloyd's role in this team if Walker Zimmerman locks down that center back position? Uh, to clap. Ah, you, you, you think that... Uh, do you think that he may turn to to Lloyd at, at one of the fullback positions, or does his he, does he lack the mobil- mobility that he wants out of that spot? I don't know. I think Zach Lloyd's always been an interesting case. Granted, he's probably the most tenured. He's got to be the most tenured guy on that roster for like in terms of longevity with FC Dallas at this point. He's been there quite some time. He's a fan favorite, but I don't know. At some point, you got to think Walker Zimmerman had a good end of the season. He made a big name for himself in the playoffs last season. Yeah. By the way, and go ahead. Sorry, finish that thought. And he's got to be cheaper. Zach Lloyd can't be cheap being as many years in the league as he is right now. I'm not saying he's super expensive, but Walker Zimmerman's got to cost him less. Walker Zimmerman just signed a new contract, by the way. Did he? Yes. They were in danger of losing him this offseason. They re-signed him to keep him in. Because they were really, they were. I mean, like they would have plugged in Zach Lloyd. They may have been okay for a while, but they wanted Zach Walker Zimmerman. He's young and talented, 22 years of age. But uh, have we not ever really given attention to Zach Lloyd's choice of haircuts, I don't think we ever really have, have we? It's 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 very it's the same as a lot of other guys in the league. To be honest with you, you think it's so? not too far removed from a McNamara. It's a little floppy for me. I mean, that's all I'm saying. Like it's a little too like if you're if you have to brush your hair out of your eyes, I'm not really feeling that. Because he's getting killed in the hair game by his own teammate Hollingshead. <laughs> Hollingshead's got a fantastic mane of hair. All right. By uh, the way, did I tell you last last playoffs last season? I'm tweeting a storm about how much i love hollingshead's hair right his wife ends up like retweeting me somehow <laughs> that like of, like of, of like my hair adoration oh i didn't tell you i was recent i don't even remember who it was oh i know it was i was recently followed by the wife of sporting kansas city starting goalkeeper uh that miala guy what's tim, his name Amelia, um, yeah tim Amelia. i i out of the blue, I was like, oh, okay, well, uh, guess I can't talk crap about that guy now. Can't say anything mean about Tim Melia. Uh, by the way, big win for them in, in, in Seattle without Benny Failhaber, not playing their best soccer. Certainly Seattle played crap soccer. O'Neal Fisher uh, goes in two-footed. Yeah. yeah, that's a legitimate red card. Legit- but you know what? And I'll say the referee was having – he was letting a lot of physical play go leading into that red card. Granted, two-foot is going to be a red card either way. But I think he did set an unfortunate tone for what was going to be allowed in terms of physicality. And a young player, I think, was got caught up in how emotional and how physical the game was and took matters into his own hands a little bit. He was having a good game going into that as well. Yeah, uh, you know, it just, and, and again, things did, didn't work out. And they, they may have lost Brad Evans, too, uh, to an injury. So I will yeah, see. Yeah, that's what, He came down really rough on that. On that, I think it was the left shoulder. Yeah. And, and you always know when a guy's really hurt because his legs never stop moving. I've, um, uh, yeah, right. That's the pain coming out. I've, not, not that I'm comparing at all. I'm sure Evans, you know, that, that may be a, a, I don't know what his injury is yet. I separated my shoulder twice in high school. And that's the kind of thing that lingers. And it's not like, now, first of all, if you're a soccer player, legs are what you care about most, okay? And you can get away with certain upper body injuries, right? But what, what happens is when you move when, anywhere, any, in, any movement at all makes that hurt like crazy. So I imagine they're going to have to be, 
watching his pain levels once he does yeah, come I back. Yeah, I separate my shoulder too, and to this day, I can't bench press. Because if I bench press, my left arm goes up and my right arm doesn't. Yeah, yeah like, so I, I, I don't have yeah. equal strength in both of my shoulders. There you so. go. All right, uh, so look, we, we've touched on a lot of these games. I don't, I don't want to, I think we're out of time here to, to go on diving into all of these here uh is there any other anything stand, stood out for you week one uh, there's other games but i think we kind of got the most of what we needed to talk about okay well i i and i didn't um i didn't really have anything else here to be honest with you what else is happening in the- well you were going to talk crap with my coke addiction well not addiction oh no. my gosh are you allowed to oh, say those words right, did it no that sounded terrible and i'm playing the real odious job for you uh, i was i was only going to talk crap because I don't get like I can't drink soda. I feel gross when I drink soda. I don't know if I've trained myself to feel gross yeah. or if it's the actual product making me feel gross. If I drink soda or pop or whatever you want to call it, I feel pop. Well, some people in the Midwest is what they grown, call it. Grown adults saying the word pop. I know, right? <laughs> no kidding. Can I get a knee high? <laughs> I just feel gross. Um, although I will say that um, if you're gonna go with one of the colas, I suppose Coke is the choice, right? Yeah, you know, I was a Diet Dr. Pepper guy for probably about a good seven, eight years. And I was just at some point, I was like, can I keep eat, drinking all this? Was it aspartame? What's it called? I can't remember what it's yeah, called. Yeah, aspartame. But the, at some time, I was just like, I'm drinking way too much of this. So I started going leaded again. I should have just cut out soda. That would probably be yeah, the smart so thing to do. Yeah, you should cut out soda. I tried to. Before I got onto my, like, my peach teas. I can't just drink water all the time, okay, drink, though. I need some flavor. Drink like cranberry juice or something. I mean, look, I know. Look, here's the thing. This is what happens. What do you say? What? Cranberry juice is mainly pure sugar. Okay, but it's it's more natural sugars than high fructose corn syrup. I mean, I don't know. I'm not a health nut. I'm just saying. I don't know. I probably drink God, the wrong wait, thing. Here's a here's a here's a really bad thing. Since I went let it again, I've gotten really into the Mountain Dew scene. Oh, that's so gross, man! It's so gross. Oh man, is did you ever my like, trash, dude? I feel like Brett Shea on a you, bin. Have you watched? Did you watch Futurama when it was on? Uh, I've seen it. Okay. I can't tell you I watch it or anything. Okay. Like you're that. not you're not that big on Futurama, but there is a story. Uh, there's a there's a product on that show called Slurm that the main character is addicted to that is basically a replacement for mountain dew i mean it's obvious it's the same color whatever there's a whole episode doing the dew pretty hard lately man. there's there's the whole episode in which they did they find out they go to the slurm factory which is like willy wonka's factory and there's these little oompa loo anyway they they find out that the the source of slurm is the the like uh, business end of a giant worm and i'm like forever mountain Mm. dew products anything that looks green and fluorescent looking is out for me i'm sorry i'm done I did those mountain dew kickstart things the other day the energy drink i was like oh that was actually pretty good I uh, lie. now i will occasionally partake of that but uh <laughs> speaking of energy drinks did i tell you the story of how eric winalda uh was warning me off of red bull no <laughs> uh one t- i was at the the coaches convention a couple weeks ago with sirius xm doing my show eric Winalda's there we had a nice little chat on my show at some point during our interaction eric Winalda goes off about how uh, a red bull actually contains bull bile and that i shouldn't drink it because it has bull bile now if you go look like, so it's, yeah, he's for a guy that's already hard up for coaching opportunities he just totally eliminated one team i probably just shouldn't tell i probably shouldn't tell this story for that very reason anyway if you go look up the ingredients of Red Bull, it has taurine, huh? right? Taurine is what gives it the name Red Bull. Taurine is what yeah, gives... Yeah, that's the stuff that makes you masculine. Okay, taurine is actually like an acid that does, in fact, make up a good amount of bile. 
So it's part of bile, but it's not bile itself. So I don't know how to feel about that. How do I feel about that? I think you should just feel as good as the drink makes you feel. I mean, <laughs> it makes you feel good. Do it. I'm not a big energy drink, dude, but every once in a while I got to get one just to get through it. I know. I, well, I do drink coffee. Most of the time I'm a coffee guy. Occasionally. Never drink a cup of coffee in my life. I'll, I'll verge. Occasionally I'll verge. I was having this discussion. So when you drink coffee or when you drink one of those, do you get buzzy? Do you get like tingly? No, and I rarely finish one. I, I, I'll get enough to get me through it. Like I'll, if, I'll buy an eight-ounce Red Bull. And I'll drink a quarter to a third of it. Okay. Okay. But do you, you don't get jittery? No, I don't let myself. I don't drink that much because okay. I don't All want right. that. Okay. I drink, you know, a, a regular amount of coffee. I don't get jittery. I drink uh, a good size energy drink. I don't get jittery. I think maybe I'm just used to the caffeine now. But I know people who will have a little bit and like they're like, oh my gosh, I can't. Like my my skin is like buzzing, and like I'm like, wow, that's weird. You should see a doctor about that. I don't know what's happening. I'm like that with cigars. I can't – if I even drink – if I do smoke like more than half a cigar, I get like – You're so manly. Nasty. You're so manly. Cigars, scotch, wine. I whatever. do do a lot of that stuff, but it's really to balance out all the unmanly things about me. <laughs> there's a tremendous <laughs> amount of those. All right. Um, I was going to I was gonna throw in some TV talk, but I think we're out of time. We should probably wrap this up. Uh, uh, no music. We Deadpool yet? No. Should I? Dude, what are you doing? Go see Deadpool. I had an opportunity – okay. This, I'm going to put this out there in the world, and we're going to see how this goes. I had the opportunity to see Deadpool this weekend. Now, it was, it was my girlfriend's her, – her, her birthday is actually on Wednesday. Turns out she's going to be out of town. She, she started her celebration on Sunday – or on, uh, this weekend. That's she's all women do. Okay. So it came down that on Saturday – I thought we were going to go out eat – her and I were going to go out to dinner, maybe start the celebration. Well, I saw, I saw Jason Davis do some Instagram food shots. That was on Sunday. That's a whole different thing. So Saturday, okay. I thought we were going to go out and have dinner, whatever. Well, her she went out to get her her nails done as part of her birthday celebration, and her friend went with her. Then her friend ends up hanging out with us for like hours because her boyfriend's like working uh-huh. out for hours. Uh, uh, leech. Next, uh, now, yeah, basically ruined. I hate to say this. Okay, basically submarine the entire night for me. So I and but, you, oh, you didn't get any play. No, because 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 my Damn, girlfriend son. my girlfriend can, like started drinking and got got to the point where she would rather just go to sleep. Oh, man. Yeah, my wife. There's a there's a point, and I know exactly when she hits it. Was like, oh, that just went off yes, the table. And, and 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 I blame the friend. Okay, I blame her for not just being there. That's whatever. But for- my wife fr- my wife has a freaky zone about two inches wide where it's like. I've tipsy, 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 freaky. Oh my and it god! Goes to pass out. That's exactly what happened to me. Okay, I was ready, and then like for some other reason, like things were being said to me that were that were let's go, let's go, let's go. Of course, there's yeah. company, right? Then company says, "Well, let's go out to dinner at ten thirty at night, eleven o'clock at night." And I'm like, "What the heck?" So we end up. Oh, by the way, we end up at TGI Fridays for dinner on on Saturday. What? <laughs> Man, my, you would not yeah, believe man, my weekend. You're, you're all up in the flare. You would not even. Uh, you they don't, even, they don't do flare I, anymore. The, the, but the, 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 the thing you need to take away from this, Jason, is go see Deadpool. Well, that's you're the gonna thing. love it. At one point, the friend said, "Let's go to this 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 uh, theater that has recliners and brings you popcorn and you can get beer and that stuff." That is the way and, to go. And watch and watch Deadpool. And and this just before things unraveled. And I was we we looked at each other and we were like. Nah, we got other stuff we want to do. We never did those other things. Like each other, huh? That, like what, each I, other. Shh, shh, I can't. No, stop. You can't. You, you're not allowed to say that on. Damn. 
Damn, dog. On that's family radio, family podcasting. Oh. Uh, do we have a do we have an inappropriate do we have a, a a mature rating on on iTunes? We will after I said the S word. On yeah, I know. All right, oh, we're out of here. I, I got it. Yeah, I know. How twelve year old does sound right there? <laughs> all right. I remember, there was all these words like the MF word, the C word. Like you, uh, there's all these words you couldn't say back in the day. Now everyone just says them. I know, I know. All right, I'm going to play the song and and do the drops. You won't be able to hear it in the live stream, but it's okay. It'll be on the podcast. Thank you very much for listening, guys. Playing uh, hot dogs oh. and donuts with two fangirls in the locker room. They just got some bonus uh, matador there. All right, we're out of here. Jared, anything else before I let you get, before you let the people go? All right, we'll see you guys next week. Bye. Only the best. Duh and duh and or hello. Playing hot dogs and donuts with two fangirls in the locker room. This is a chopper! Michael fucking Arasco Pascal! Dangerous, dangerous zone! Oh, it's incredible! Jay Rodius.